WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Cleveland's right now in the standings the Steelers are tied with Cleveland what happened yesterday doesn't feel like a loss that is a loss there are lots of cold hard facts to deal with when it comes to what happened yesterday at Cleveland and if too many of them extend past yesterday the Steelers are going to be in trouble at home against Kansas City and maybe just in trouble, period. Yikes. This is the Mark Madden Show. Yesterday was a stink sandwich, and everybody in black and gold has to take a bite. 412-333-9939 is the number to call to go one-on-one with the great one, or follow me on Twitter, at X. Let's go over the cold hard facts, because even though the result was tragic, a lot about yesterday was worthy of conversation. First and foremost, Ben Roethlisberger was awful. A couple of the interceptions weren't his fault, and the offensive line was brutal. But he made five turnovers, and his throws in general were just all over the place. The rain didn't help, but it can't hurt that much. James Conner had a great game deputizing for Lev Bell, but if Conner doesn't fumble, the Steelers win. And to be blunt, that fumble kind of negates a lot of what he did. The offensive line was brutal and maybe overrated. Miles Garrett dominated Villanueva and forced a couple fumbles. Marcus Gilbert committed three penalties. Ponzi made a bad snap. We heard the blah, blah, blah from the offensive line about Lev Bell on Wednesday. But when Sunday came, the offensive line didn't do its job. The defense wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. When you're up by seven at 21-14, you can't let the friggin' Cleveland Browns go 57 yards in two plays. That can't happen. Hayden popped a hammy, got an MRI today. Let's hope that's not serious. Like always, the Steelers lacked focus and discipline. Artie Burns took that 15-yard penalty at the start of the second half, and that gave Cleveland momentum. The Steelers made six turnovers and committed 12 penalties. Two touchdowns were called back because of penalties. An interception was negated by a penalty. Antonio Brown ran the wrong route. Oh, and A.B. hugged Todd Haley on the sideline. All that's okay unless you tie Cleveland. It's another example of a Tomlin team underperforming against an inferior opponent. So, if you can argue any of that, I would just love to hear you try. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Pittsburgh 21, Cleveland 21. Even 24 hours later, it causes great pain 
to say that. If you want to look on the bright side, T.J. Watt was a beast for Pittsburgh. 11 tackles, 4 sacks, 3 hurries, 5.5 tackles for loss, and Watt blocked what would have been the game-winning field goal in the game's dying seconds. James Conner had 192 yards rushing and receiving. That's great, except for the fumble. That fumble was the turning point in the game, and like I said, it negated a lot of what Conner did. That's sad, and it's unfair, but it's a fact. Juju was lit. Not lit AF because they didn't win, but definitely lit. He had that 67-yard catch and run. A.B. had nine catches, but didn't even crack 100 yards. A.B. didn't get his first catch till the second quarter, and you know he was in Ben's ear. So, for whatever reason, Ben forced the ball to A.B. a couple times, and that hurt. That throw into triple coverage, that pick down at the Cleveland 13, that hurt a lot. So the Steelers tied at Cleveland, and that sucks. And now Kansas City comes to town after winning at the L.A. Chargers. That's a big win against a good team. The Chargers picked by some to win the AFC. Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes had a QB rating of 127.5 yesterday. That's pretty good. Four touchdown passes and zero interceptions. Sunday at Heinz Field will not be easy. It was one heck of a football weekend here in Pittsburgh. Penn State slaughtered Pitt 51-6. It was a total embarrassment for Pitt. Just total. No Vaseline. To get killed like that at Heinz Field. I mean, Franklin definitely ran it up. He threw it deep with his backup quarterback. But that's just too bad for Pitt. If you don't want to get your ass kicked, don't suck. I'm going to talk more about that later and the total inefficiency of Pitt's coach, Pat Narduzzi. If you want a little preview, check out my blog on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Only two players took an E yesterday across the NFL during the anthem. So it looks like that is finally over. Am I to assume all the problems got solved, what they were protesting about? Because they must have, because the players stopped kneeling. Maybe Kaepernick getting that check from Nike said something, and those who didn't get a check from Nike didn't like it. Uh, Serena Williams made a spectacle of herself in losing the U.S. Open final and ruined it for the winner, who was crying at the trophy presentation, Naomi Osaka. And, of course, we can't criticize Serena because she's a woman of color as well as a legend. But she acted like an absolute jackass. More on that later as well. The Pirates are winning a lot. But it doesn't matter, so who cares? Best DRA in the majors as a team since July. Who cares? Trevor Williams pitching tonight. He's been the best pitcher in the majors since the middle of July. Who cares? Gregory Polanco out for the season because he doesn't know how to slide. He's 27, he's played baseball his whole life, and still does not know how to slide. Actually, that I do care about a little bit because it's kind of funny. 
Anyway, I imagine you want to talk about the Steelers. Uh, dial 412-333-WXDX. Already get some tweets because I said that the Connor fumble lost the game and it undid the good of his performance. What about your boy, Ben? I'm pretty sure the first sentence I said was, Ben had a nightmare. That's definitely the first sentence I tweeted yesterday after the game. Connor did great. Uh, his hair looks like unfinished crop circles. But, uh, oh, I love the conspiracy theories. Connor's celebration after his touchdown was a little bit over the top, and the linemen were jumping up and down too, like they won the Little League World Series. And people saying, oh, that was a shot at Bell. No, I'm pretty sure they were just happy that the rookie who's worked so hard scored his first touchdown. And then Ben had a quarterback sneak, got a first down, and everybody like, oh, that was a shot at Haley because he wouldn't run the sneak. No, maybe they just wanted to get a first down. Everybody looking for something that's not there. Amazing. We got a ton of people on hold, as you might expect. We'll get to them just around the corner. Oh, by the way, that golf tournament, there was rain. They played into today, but Tiger didn't win because that's what he does now. He doesn't win. 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, huge fan, love the show. Because that's what you got to do. Hey, Mark, big fan and all that. I, 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 I think you're on to something. The X at 105.9. Here's a tweet uh, from a woman named Elisa. I just listened to you for three minutes. And all you do is bash people. You are a horrible person. How do you even have a job? That's Elisa speaking for all these soft millennials out there. And Elisa, if you're still listening, it's a really high-paying job, too. Uh, Virginia Montanez, Jane Pitt, the blogger, she went on Twitter and talked about how sports talk in Pittsburgh isn't diverse enough, and nor is TV sports reporting we need to get rid of some of the men and bring in, you know, women and people of color. Hey, if you can get a woman or a person of color, or for that matter, a big fat white guy to come in and draw the numbers I do, I'll gladly step aside. But at some point, isn't it about talent and merit and accomplishment too? I think it is. How about you, Elisa? What do you think? It's a shame that Chris Boswell missed that field goal in overtime. 42 yards. I felt bad because that guy's delivered so often. The Steelers should have taken some risk to get closer, given the weather conditions. Uh, last year, Boswell was 4 out of 4 on kicks inside of a minute to go that gave Pittsburgh the lead. But he missed yesterday because you're just not going to make all those kicks. The Steelers won five games last year by three points or less. You're just not going to win that many close games every year. Uh, ben had a bad game. He's not been great on the road for quite some time, and he got off to a slow start last year. I don't know how you fix those things. Ben will use the bad start to motivate himself just like he did last year. I don't question Ben. The Steelers made six turnovers. And that includes two turnovers in 56 seconds. The Steelers played extremely sloppy football. Uh, the Browns only made one turnover. The Browns were plus five on turnovers 
and still couldn't win the game. But what a great player Jarvis Landry is, the receiver. How about some of those catches and some big catches too? Are you optimistic the Steelers bounce back strong on Sunday at home and beat Kansas City? Because that game suddenly looks very daunting. All of the Steelers' next three opponents won yesterday and scored a ton of points. Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and Baltimore, not good. i, I got to get this in. Pitt had its inaugural Hall of Fame class inducted on Saturday. I bet Dan Marino really enjoyed seeing Pitt get smoked by Penn State, 51-6. to And in the middle of all the photos of Pitt's Hall of Fame class, you see Franco Harris. Why was Freemiel Franco in any of those photos? Freemiel Franco's a Penn State guy. And there he is, Freemiel Franco, in those photos. Why didn't somebody tell Freemiel Franco to frig off? That was a pit night. Well, except for the game. Let's go to a Virgil in the Hill District. Virgil, you're on with Double M. Hello, Virgil. Hello, Mark. What up? Hey, so a couple things. I don't care. They're not going to use excuses. They should have won. But to come out when your timing's not good with no reps, with all that rain, I'll make the excuse for them. That Ben played awful. I don't think the rain helped in any form or fashion. Tyrod Taylor didn't take the chances or risks that Ben did as a, as a thrower. So they're going to be fine, I think, in, in that regard. What I want to know from you is, when did Artie Burns become Revis Island? Because there was numerous times, I'd say probably 70% of the game, where he was matched up, man coverage, and Tyrod Taylor didn't look at the receiver on him. I think that's going to go. I, I think the Steelers it. in general, Virgil, played a lot of man coverage. If you look at the two big catches Jarvis Landry made down the stretch, he had man coverage on Cam Sutton, who had come on to replace Joe Hayden after Hayden popped the hammy. I think the Steelers played a lot of man because they didn't have much respect for Tyrod Taylor. And i got to tell you, the way Taylor played... That's a pretty good reason. Right, and it, whether it's those conditions or just they always say he's a game manager, he doesn't take chances, he doesn't throw down down the field. Um, I, I think, you know, that's going to be an issue because if they think from yesterday that he's like any other NFL quarterback, those corners that are put on islands are going to get absolutely lit up. Well, I, I, would think, I would think that was because they were playing Tyrod Taylor. I, I doubt, well, then again, Patrick Mahomes... Had a great game yesterday, but they're going to see him as a first-year starter. I don't know. That kid could light the Stillers up, especially with that receiving core. They best be real careful with that game plan. Let's go to Sean in Moon Township. Sean, you're on with Double M. Okay, I need to get these punched up quicker because I can't say hello to the guy twice. Hello, are you on the air? Goodbye. Let's go to a break. Up next, Matt Williamson. Come on, gang, let's work here. Up next, Matt Williamson, talking Steelers on 105.9 EX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark Madden. Yes. Your voice is like sweet nectar to my ears. The last thing we need is a lot of loose talk. Hmm? Hmm? I like it. I like it. The X at 105.9. It's Double M on the X. Joining me now to discuss that disaster at Cleveland yesterday, he is our football guru, Matt Williamson. Uh, Matt, what the heck happened? Because yesterday was a stink sandwich. Uh, let's start with Ben. 
Because his throws were all over the place, weren't they? Yeah, they sure were. It was a very poor performance by him, by the team, by the passing game, by the coaching staff, by any standard. It was absolutely losing football. But they were fortunate enough that the team they were playing was playing losing football as well. I mean, if they're playing Cincinnati or Baltimore, they lose that game by 20. If they're playing the Patriots, they lose that game by 40. And and Ben's to blame as much as anyone. He really played poorly. Now, did Ben try too hard to extend plays, Matt? Because I thought some bad things resulted from that. Yes, and maybe even to take it a step further, I mean, to be a little more critical of him is – I think his clock in the pocket needs to be better. I mean, it's different if you're running around like he used to or like a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers extending plays. But when you're just standing in the pocket, trusting your line to block that extra second or two, that's just asking too much. I mean, to me, that that's poor quarterbacking. And I'm sure some of it stems from not playing a whole heck of a lot. And he even had a disconnect with A.B., which was, you know, you never see. Well, let's stay with the offensive line for a second. Uh, did Alejandro Villanueva play bad, or is Miles Garrett just too much to handle? I think Garrett's a very special player, and if I was picking a team and I could take any defensive player to start it with, he would be a strong consideration. So I think he's going to wreak havoc for years. But I also thought Villanueva held up for the most part, and the nature of that position, like a corner, if you get beat bad a couple times, that's all you remember. And he certainly got beat bad a couple times by a superstar player. But I thought he held his own most of the game. James Conner was excellent, Matt, but that fumble was a killer. It was the worst play of the game. I mean, it was the biggest play of the game. He looked great. I thought the run blocking was exceptional, and he took advantage of some big holes, finished runs, contributed in the passing game played every snap and touched the ball, I think, like 38 times. I mean, true Lev Bell kind of stuff, but the fumble's inexcusable. I mean, it's a black mark on a wonderful day. Now, let's stay with Connor for a second. What about his play was particularly good? Uh, I liked his acceleration through holes. I'm not sure I saw that coming, especially on a pretty bad field. Yeah, I, I think he showed that for sure, and he took – what he's been doing in the preseason to yet another level in the regular season, that's something you rarely see. I think he's more patient. You know, I think that he probably has watched Bell some degree, and he's not the same kind of back as Bell, but uh, he knows when to hit it and when not to, and that only works when you do have great acceleration and dropping the weight and being in better shape and all those things. I think he shows that he does have a burst that he didn't have before. And he can run away from people a little bit. Like, you know, he broke off some long runs, and we haven't seen that in a while. How much did the injury to Joe Hayden hurt? Because the bronze went right after Cam Sutton after that. They did, and I thought Hayden was a – I think Hayden's a really good player that uh, played very well in this game before his injury as well. But I also think Sutton held up okay. You know, I mean, he, he, he got the interception on what was a terrible throw by Taylor – and Taylor was really bad in this game, too. But I also think in today's NFL, losing contested catches to great receivers that are bigger than you is kind of how the league goes nowadays. You know, I mean, it doesn't mean it's okay. I didn't think he was getting continually toasted. It was a bad play, and he has some work to do, but I have high hopes for him. It took a while, but Jarvis Landry got uh, involved for the Browns in a big way. 
And I'm surprised it took so long. Uh, he really wasn't a factor until the second half. No, he wasn't. And, you know, I know Burns lost his mind, and that's an unexcusable play, too. But I thought the corners, all in all, played quite well. And to take it a step further, one of the most encouraging things I thought, and I haven't seen the All-22, is it looked like they had a free safety with some actual ability to take things away when the, and the underneath stuff breaks down. So I thought Sean Davis was really encouraging. And the secondary as a whole, I thought, played well. We're talking to Matt Williamson, our football guru. Check out his website, mattwilliamsonfootball.com. Uh, Matt, the Steelers committed 12 penalties and six turnovers and got a bad result against an inferior foe. And it happens far too often, probably more often than it does with any other good team. For example, the Patriots rarely have weeks like this. They rarely do. You're 100% right. Um, I think it's one of several reasons why they are the absolute class of the NFL and have been since Belichick and Brady have been there. Um, You're right. I mean, there there certainly is a game or two like this every year, usually on the road, where they play really badly. You know, I mean, last year it was the Bears. Um, Hopefully there's not another, you know, and it, it still amazes me. And I know the weather was a factor, but it was a factor for both teams. Ben's numbers and play and the amount of turnovers are so much worse on the road. It, there's no good reason for it. It's amazing. I mean, the, the discrepancy now is big enough that, you know, it's not a fluke. No, I, I totally agree. And really, when you break this game down, there's so many mini disasters within mm-hmm. the disaster. And for me, another one of those is when you're up 21-7 against Cleveland, I don't care where the game is. I don't care if there's a natural disaster taking place. You've got to hold a 14-point lead against those bumps. Yeah, that's, that's the most unexcusable thing that happened without question. You know, the turnovers, you have to protect the ball in those instances. Um, I think it was, what, four drives in a row when all they had to do to finish the game was end up with three points and couldn't do that. You know, the offense just totally collapsed. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, you're up 21-7 in Cleveland that late in the game. should be over. On the bright side, T.J. Watt was a beast, Matt. Uh, He should be defensive player of the week. He actually did more than Garrett and more than Khalil Mack, who also had a great day. Yeah, he he really did play well. Of course, blocking the kick was gigantic. Um, You know, a a very productive rushing the passer, especially on a per-rush basis, you know, because they dropped him in coverage. A lot, and from what I saw, he still dropped in coverage a fair amount. Sometimes he was spying Tyrod Taylor. Um, not to take anything away from Watt, that was a great performance, and he was the best player on the Steelers yesterday. But some of those sacks were, you know, he whipped a tight end that had no business trying to block him. You know, he, he took what was there for sure. What was the turning point of the game? I saw two. We talked about the Connor fumble. I thought the Artie Burns vote. penalty too was bad because. That, that you know, gave the Browns some free territory on their first scoring drive, and I thought really got the Browns a bit fired up, gave them a reason to play. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the Burns play as a turning point so much. I assumed that, you know, I would have definitely going to say the Connor fumble, but I thought that the Burns play showed a level of unprofessionalism and ability to stomp on the opponent that's lesser than you, you know, that, that, it, it gives the team life that deserve, doesn't deserve life. And so I think that's a good point. Any others? Any other moments that jumped out for you? No. Um, I would have to think about that one probably a little more. 
There were but just there so many sloppy of... moments, Matt. I'll give yeah. an example. The Steelers got touchdowns uh, taken away on penalties two plays in a row. Now they scored the third play, but stuff like that, it just got ridiculous after a while. Right, right. And it goes back to my point that if they're playing anybody else, we're talking about them being, you know, one of the worst 10 teams in the league. Is this going to be a 5-11 and type season? You know, like, boy, they got killed by an average team or, you know. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, there was a lot of – there was certainly far more poor downs of football for this offense than there were quality ones. Is Cleveland and, the, le- and the running game was good. Is Cleveland legitimately any better? Because uh, I don't think either team covered itself in glory yesterday. No, I don't think so either. I, I thought two teams played losing football, and if I looked at all 32 teams' performance in a bubble, I bet that's two of the worst five you know, across the league in week one, really bad. Um, and Tyrod Taylor was awful. I mean, he was really bad too. Kansas City beat the L.A. Chargers, and Mahomes uh, was great for the Chiefs at quarterback. So. Yeah. Week two won't be easy for the Steelers, uh, will it? Uh, Kansas City's a tough matchup for them, I think. Yeah, and to take it a step further, I know the Steelers' D held up pretty well last night early, or yesterday, but look at the next two opponents. I mean, Kansas City and Tampa, even without Jameis Winston, I think they put up like 90 points combined you know, and like against decent defenses. So I do think the Chiefs' defense is poor and probably is worse than the Browns. And the Steelers have the ten. They, they have that team's number, and it's at home. And it wouldn't shock me at all if Ben throws for three fifty and AB's offensive player of the week or any of those type of things. But they're a better team than they played against yesterday. That's for sure. Well, it strikes me that this game uh, Sunday at Heinz Field against Kansas City is crucial because I think if they lose this, things could easily spiral downhill. Yeah, and if you look at the AFC. That tie yesterday really is a loss, you know, considering that Jacksonville, the two other teams in the division, New England, they all won. So, you know, you're not keeping up with the, the teams that you're really competing with for postseason honors, bye weeks, let alone, you know, so, and Kansas City won. So the top teams in the conference all are 1-0, and and you're not, you don't have a win yet. Do the Steelers win that game with Bell? It's a cliched question. I don't think it would have made a difference myself, but then again, Bell doesn't fumble very often. No, I, I don't think he's – I don't know that he would have outperformed Connor on the ground in that particular instance. Connor was very impressive. But to take it a step further, I do trust Bell's ball security as much as any running back in the league. And maybe he would have helped on Miles Garrett a little bit in protection. He's a very good protector. Matt, as always, great stuff. We'll do it again next week. Absolutely. Good stuff, Mark. Take care. That is our football guru, Matt Williamson. You can hear him on Steelers Nation Radio, and you can check out his website, mattwilliamsonfootball.com. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 X. King. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, what's happening, Mark? Loud noises! The X at 105.9. I was listening to some of the post-game shows last night on the radio, and the panic from Steeler fans is already palpable, as it maybe should be when you tie Cleveland. People were saying that Dobbs should start a quarterback. Yeah, that that's a good idea. I will say, though, 
I saw some things yesterday that aren't good. The offensive line was so bad. Ben was all over the place. And the Steelers were just sloppy. Such sloppiness against an inferior team. You can't tell me that's not a problem because it happens far too often. But Tomlin has a great regular season record, and that's what counts. Hey, I know the numbers matter. But if you look beneath the numbers, beneath the one-loss record for Mike Tomlin, some things aren't good. Uh, Hayden's injury is really worrisome. Cam Sutton against Jarvis Landry was a mismatch. And Artie Burns needs to get better and grow up. And that's just overdue. Got a disappointing story about Chris Boswell to tell you. Chris Boswell missed that field goal last night for 42 yards that would have won the game. No big deal. Well, I mean, it is a big deal, but he made that field goal every time last year. And the conditions at Cleveland certainly didn't behoove him making that kick. As I mentioned earlier, I thought the Steelers should have taken a risk to try and get closer to make that kick a bit shorter, a bit easier, and a bit more makeable. But somebody who covers the Steelers DM'd me, Boswell ducked the media after the game last night, and then today made an excuse that he had to eat and refused to talk to any reporters. He never ducked us when he made the winning kick. You know what? That That's a real good point. If you're going to embrace the media like long-lost lovers when you make the game-winning kick, you need to talk when you don't. And while I respect the job Chris Boswell has done since joining the Pittsburgh Steelers, Chris, if you're listening, and if you're not, then someone who hears this needs to tell you, dude, you're just the friggin' kicker. That's all. Nobody cares about you. You're just the kicker. You're the last guy that should ditch humility and dodge the media. You're just the friggin' kicker. You're not even really a football player. Uh, John Ledyard from the NFL Draft Network, he tweeted, if the Steelers' offense wakes up, big if I know, the Chiefs and Steelers should be the first one to 50 next week. Mahomes is everything Tyrod isn't as a quarterback. He will actually challenge the Steelers' secondary. The Chiefs' defense is brutal. The Chargers had tons of missed opportunities yesterday. That sounds pretty damn accurate. And uh, one thing Matt Williamson said that I want to emphasize. If the Steelers are playing an average team, they lose by 20 yesterday. If the Steelers are playing a good team, they lose by 40. That was an absolute horse manure effort, execution, performance. The Steelers sucked any which way you want to look at it in every which way you can. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to suck all year. It doesn't mean they're going to not win the division. It doesn't mean they're going to miss the playoffs. It means they've got an awful lot of work to do based on what we saw yesterday. I spoke before about how Pitt sucks. I'll speak more about that at the top of the hour. In particular, 
how the program has made no progress under Pat Narduzzi during his tenure as coach. But Murray Chass, who used to write for the New York Times and went to Pitt, published a story today that actually ran in the Pitt News about how Pitt should de-emphasize football and schedule a couple levels below the major leagues. Okay, that's just stupid. Because even with a program that stinks like Pitts does right now, if you're in a Power 5 conference for football, you're making a ton of money. And the money you make is paying for a lot of your school's other sports programs. So to de-emphasize football, nah, just do it better. That's all. Uh, Penguins training camp opens Friday. And since I'm not in Vegas due to illness, and by the way, still don't know what's wrong with me. I'm not feeling much better, thanks for asking, but yuck, we can't figure it out. Anyway, since I'm not in Vegas, I will be broadcasting for Penn's training camp on Friday. And that's almost as exciting, seriously. I'm really looking forward to that. Now, I got my Penguin season tickets yesterday. How come a player never delivers my tickets? That was all over Twitter today. I'm sure you'll see it on TV. The players are delivering the tickets. Sid delivered tickets. Some family flipped out. Sid was in their driveway. All three kids were guarding a street hockey net, and Sid was shooting at it. What if Sid just forgets where he is for a second and really lets one go? And then the kid gets hit. He's crying, and Sid goes, way to lay out. Way to take one for the team. But a player never delivers my tickets after 52 years. And that would be great for the Penguins to film. I could slam the door in Sid's face. Yeah, 52 years, not a moment too soon. Or they could have Ruedel make the delivery. And I could say, after 52 years, that's the best you could do? The number seven defenseman? But boy, I can't wait for the Penguins to get started. Big trade in hockey late last night. Vegas traded Tomas Tatar. You'll recall they got him from uh, Detroit for three first-round picks last year. Tatar, a kid named Nick Suzuki, who was a first-round pick for Vegas last year, number 13 overall, and a second-round pick to Montreal for Max Pacioretty, who immediately signed a four-year contract extension with the Vegas Golden Knights. That is becoming a destination team to play for. And while I think that they will have trouble living up to the standard they set last year, I mean, how, how could they unless they make the final again? But I think Pat is going to be a good shot of adrenaline for that team moving into their second season. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. The Deuce made its season premiere last night on HBO. And it's the best show on TV besides Better Call Saul, which is on tonight. Uh, the deuce is about the proliferation of the sex industry in Times Square in New York in the 70s and the emergence of big-time pornography. So how could I not like it? Uh, the Damned made an appearance last night, I think. I, I mean, uh, uh, you know, somebody playing in a punk bar doing a damned song. I, I, I guess it was supposed to be them. I got a new rose. I got a new rose. Um, you know what I found out? I was on on uh, on Google today. The 
craziest porn joint in Times Square was Show World. It just closed this year. It was a shadow of itself for the last probably 30 years because they closed down all those places by saying the joint had to be 60% non-sex, 40% sex. Well, Show World was four floors. So they could do that and still have a ton of sex stuff. They had like peep shows without windows. You know, the girls were behind the window, except there was no window, which means you could reach through or stick through or or whatever you really wanted to do. But but that was just the craziest place ever. I, I never got there. Although I, I wish, this will sound dumb, I wish I would have known it was open the last few years when I've been going to New York because I would have liked to have gone and seen what was left of it. Hey, I'm allowed to revere whatever I choose. Let's go to uh, Dallas in Columbus, or maybe it's Columbus in Dallas. You're on 105.9 The X. Yeah, what's up, Mark? Mark, uh, I love the show. I wanted to mention a couple things here. Um, one, the, the drive that where Artie Burns um, got called for all that, they, that, that play before. Well, that was right uh, off they, the bat. That was at the start of the second half. Yeah, 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 I know. And then um, also before that, though, Hargrave on that same, that same, like right before that, Hargrave got called for holding, and, and it was like second and like 18, and like it, we, we stopped the run, and we could have backed him up. It could have been third and 20 if, if Hargrave would Bro, play. I could go through my play-by-play sheets that I keep for the game and come up with 15 instances where sloppiness and lack of discipline legitimately hurt the Steelers. They yeah. uh, they have no focus and discipline under Tomlin. I'm sorry, but they just don't. They get it together for big games against big teams, except when they don't, like against Jacksonville last year. But they are so susceptible to upsets because, i got to say it, I don't think the coach takes bad teams seriously. They seem underprepared yeah. and under-motivated. And you know what? If you want to shut me up about this, then it can just stop happening. And then I'll have to shut up. I mean, does anybody really believe the Steelers haven't underachieved the last X amount of years under Tomlin? This this entirety of a decade? I think they have. Matt North Huntington, Matt. Hey, Mark. What hey, up? Uh, real quick, um, my opinion of the game doesn't really matter, but my personal preference is the, the penalties that were called all over the NFL yesterday. To me, it seems like the referees are completely taking control of the football game. Okay, that's what they want. That's what the league wants. That's what the league wants. The league is trying to make the game safer to avoid lawsuits down the road. I mean, but they're they're making it safer by bad hits. I understand that. But they're missing holding calls, but they'll call little ticker-tack penalties. I thought T.J. Watt should have been ejected yesterday. That hit to the head, that was a deliberate hit to the head. Oh, when he was going down? Yeah. Yeah, that that was a that was a pretty rough shot, but you know, the, but you know, the, you know what you know what a big problem is with with the game in general. I agree, it's badly over officiated, in in the name of protecting the players, but the players have no respect for each other. The players just take shots at their heads. Gratu- How about that Cincinnati guy? Gratuitous shot to the head, got ejected, and didn't appear to be losing a second sleep over it. And I'll be blunt, that T.J. Watt shot to the head. Wasn't far from what the Cincinnati guy did. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. In thirty seconds, I'm going to talk about why Pat Narduzzi just isn't making any progress at Pitt. But I want to talk Steelers. What about the lack of focus and discipline? Did James Conner undo the good he did 
with that fumble because that fumble lost the game. And would you feel more comfortable now if Bell doesn't come back for the first half of the season, which I don't think he's going to. But then if Connor continues like this, what do you do when Bell arrives? I put him in to start right away. But I'm not sure what they'll do. Paul Zeiss, and I love Paul, he wrote a column with the Post-Gazette website saying when Bell returns, Connor should start the first game with Bell back. How on earth can you predict that that's the right move now? 105.90X.